0: Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats. So with this being episode 51, first one post milestone, I wanted to change things up. So if you watch these episodes on YouTube, you see that the title card has changed completely. And uh, after my episode with Alex, or my interview with Alex, I should say, he gave me some very wise advice of saying that, hey dude, you need to stop releasing episodes on the weekend because people are busy living their lives and you're going to get low low viewer numbers. So I knew that was something I had to address. So uh, officially announcing that Keone Chats is moving to Mondays and uh, around 730. So I was trying to catch you before your uh, morning commute or as you're on your morning commute. And I honestly, I'm, I'm excited about it because uh, I've done that same thing for 50 episodes, which is a little over a year's time. And I want to do something different to keep this fresh for me. So. Monday's 730 try to 8 o'clock. Uh, and also I am spreading out the releases of these episodes to every other week. So twice a month you will get new episodes of Keone chats and uh, obviously I will continue to make those episode announcements through social media and you can uh, stay in the loop for that by following the show Casey Media 13 at both Instagram and Twitter and then Kanlu K media on Facebook. So if you do want to watch more video versions of these interviews, go to YouTube.com, search Keone Chats. They will be, uh, Keone Chats will be in the title of each episode. So that should uh, get you to there. And uh, so I want to spread out these releases just because, um, A, I was running myself pretty hard when it came to making sure the episodes are released on time. uh, And B, I want to give you know this episode and for this case this episode olivia's i want to give her as much i want to give her another week of attention another week of me talking about her episode because i feel like i do all this work to get the episode released and then only spend a week enjoying it i want to have 2 weeks of enjoying the fact that i got olivia's episode out and i am enjoying this process and i want to make sure that i really soak in the fact that I am helping others that may feel like how Livia has felt or is currently feeling. And I, I'm not going to say this is going to change someone's life, but at least make you feel a little bit better that someone else out there has, fair, has shared the same experiences you have or has uh, say, dealt with the same anxieties or dealt with the same um, you know, doubts or fears. So, at least this is what it does for me doing hosting the show of uh, getting to dive in on that. So every twice a month, county Chats Mondays seven thirty maybe eight o'clockish. So at least seven thirty for sure. Um, look out for new episodes again. Look at all podcast platforms uh, across the board. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, and whatnot. So Olivia, I was very excited actually to. Get the chance to reconnect with her just because I do remember in high school where she was we weren't we weren't super close. But, you know, I just loved having conversations with her and I could easily have a conversation with her. She was never hard to talk to. Um, but for her to dive in deeper on how she was able to handle some of her anxieties that she developed in her adulthood. That one, again, surprised me. She says something about how she handled being in the spotlight as a as a performer that really uh, sparked my interest so I was very happy to get her on the show and uh, get her to tell her story so thank you to Olivia and I know that uh, at least I feel that podcast guests and hosts do have a higher public profile so uh, even if you don't know who Olivia is if you're checking out this episode for the first time Thank you to the show. Uh, welcome to the show. as you say, welcome to the show and um, check out more episodes, you know, check out Alex Mo, check out Whitney Green Batista, check out my mom's episode. Don't check out my mom. That's just weird. But <laughs> check out my mom's episode. These are all people that might not have the highest profile in the public, but I think they're telling fantastic stories and I am extremely honored and happy to uh, get their stories out there. So Uh, However you are listening to this podcast on whichever platform you prefer, or if you're watching on YouTube, I hope you enjoy my chat with Olivia (laughs) Onken. You got me all nervous, Olivia. You got me. You got me all nervous. Thanks. That's Thanks. My fault. I'm so sorry. I don't
1: know. I can just. I can leave now if that helps.
0: <laughs> Please avert your eyes. Avert your eyes.
1: <laughs> ah! I'll just. Here, I'll turn like a weird like camera saver on or something.
0: Oh. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. So, I'm. I'm excited because, you no. Know, normally my process is like when it comes to interviewing my one of my friends from high school. I just want to catch up with them for a little bit. And then you just started talking a whole lot of things that I like to talk about in the show so I was like okay I gotta get this thing recorded now what am I doing I love catching up with Livia but you know um you mentioned something about how you got diagnosed with anxiety and adult anxiety and then you know coping mechanisms can you kind of talk about that again real quick that way it's a it's officially on record yeah
1: (laughs) um and you know hopefully you know, any, any trigger warnings for other people, but um, I'll keep it pretty vague. I, uh, I started therapy back in January after we had a, a death in the family. And I was, that was just kind of like a tipping point for me. And of course that unpacked a lot of other stuff that growing up as a performer, um, a lot of just kind of outward projections and what was perceived as like an extroverted personality type um, was a lot of just like projection and coping mechanisms. Um, you know, then suppressing of trauma that, that to me, that's necess- didn't necessarily seem like significant, but um, I'm coming to learn that with like mental health, like everything's relative and you know, your trauma doesn't need to be compared to someone else's trauma because there, there's, it's apples and oranges. I mean, it might be apples and apples, but how you deal with something and how you process something is not going to be the same as somebody else. And that's important to remember when you're going through something yourself, um, but I was diagnosed with OCD, which I honestly thought was kind of funny, because um, growing up, my sister has always just had those kind of, like, your stereotypical neurotic tendencies. She's very, like, you know, tidy things are facing, like, you know, a certain way or certain angles and stuff like that, and we both kind of had, like, those quirks growing up, but I was definitely labeled as more, like, quirky and just, like, you know, I just had, like, my phases I went through, and, like, I have, like, the controlled chaos kind of OCD where it's like, it might look like a disaster to somebody else, but if you move my stuff around, I'm going to know that something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to drive me nuts (laughs) until I'm done. And like for everything that, you know, Hollywood kind of stereotypes as sometimes of obsessive compulsive disorder, um, it goes so much deeper than than the tip of the iceberg that they present. Some stuff is, you know, misrepresented, but a lot of it is also, just oversimplified but true you know those little things of like don't turn my pencil upside down or don't shut that when i had it open or something like those little things but but the causes and just like what what the underlying problems are beneath the surface is so much deeper than than what it shows on you know tv and movies and
0: whatnot so with your oc i want to just for those watching on youtube and see olivia's background where are you right now olivia because it it does sort of scream I'm in my like
1: my cave <laughs> this is my my station i've got my my like jewelry work behind me with my walls of plants against the window and my dog i don't know if you can hurt on the bathroom <laughs> this is my my comfy chair my work chair for when i'm doing like hand artwork yeah requires sitting
0: and and if, you know you for all the again for those people that can't see you you do also see, uh, a cheetah print. Uh, is that a blanket behind you or pillows? Yes,
1: yeah, it's a blanket over a pillow on top of a chair. That's, that's quite messy. I got a heating pad behind me too.
0: So there's, problems, there's always you know? some sort of like organized yeah there's always that organized chaos. Now when it came to assembling your backdrop or your room right now, how was that process?
1: um <clears throat> honestly it's a matter of convenience more than anything i like i could bust out a ring light and you know put myself in a place and take down paintings and put up a backdrop and, and all of that kind of stuff um i didn't really know i needed to i didn't <laughs> think that far <laughs> I'm being honest but also like this is this is just you know this is what my coworkers see in staff meetings this is my therapist sees in meetings like this is me mm-hmm. it's you know you got crystals on the oil diffuser and a sewing machine and like me- this is the best dancers award from senior breakfast
0: <laughs> you
1: still you have that? You out? <laughs> I do and honestly I put it up there not that long ago because I was cleaning out all of my old like figure skating medals and stuff that were just collecting dust and I was like that's not a skating medal I'll just take that out and I just I realized it's right behind <laughs> me that's so funny
0: that was such a weird i I think that was kind of like an interesting day when it came to like seniors everyone else is in class but all the seniors are in like the cafeteria and then they serve us breakfast and it was like uh i think it was i would say it was like the booster club for uh sunset but more of like the um i guess just some supportive i don't know what they were called but just like a bunch of like juniors or sophomores that are like involved with all these plannings and they just yeah they serve us breakfast i was like okay Sure.
1: Yeah. Honestly, the breakfast is the only thing I remember. I remember sitting at a table with like Brennan and Corey and I think on Mm-hmm. And then leaving.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like that that was it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing of significance was mediocre pancakes.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Which probably were from Costco and they just reheated it real yeah. quick. <laughs> and just like surf it, go, that go, makes go, sense. go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're doing like a lawn brunch for seniors this year i i heard um rachel oh, and i wrote cat. on a hologram to that's the dog actually.
0: oh dog never mind i'm sorry
1: a little i my cat is like a pound bigger than my dog which was too funny and she's a little like pin mix hi I'm oh, oh.
0: cc Hi, hey, cc look at you okay we're gonna this is gonna be a house uh, occupied this is a, a double teamed uh podcast episode today olivia and CZ. so yeah. <laughs> uh so what well, you did say that you had this um fake confidence when you were younger i do that's exactly another thing i just a lot of these things just stood out because you and i we we were not super close but we were close like where we could talk to each other yeah, like easily. all four
1: years
0: yeah yeah and yeah. so like you know hearing you say this now it does make me ask myself like you know yeah, it's just this great memory of her it's like oh what what made you what was that realization of like oh, you had this fakeness i know he hadn't therapy but what happened if you're okay with this ask you know going into it yeah what, what uh, happened that made you think you had to put on a fake bravado
1: i first came to the realization that i might have like underlying depression issues and some anxiety that i was not like dealing with properly um around 2013 ish and really what it was is <laughs> I spark notes as best as I can so I graduated <laughs> I went to PCC for a little while I didn't know what I wanted to do and then um ended up going to beauty school and that was super great I had a lot of fun that obviously came naturally to me worked in the salon for a while and then like came to the realization that I wasn't getting enough like stimulation like mentally and Mm -hmm. also physically like standing around and just I was and it was like making me feel depressed and I think in hindsight it was more of just like the self-awareness kind of coming through because I had felt like I had established like this is what I'm going to be doing at that point and it took a while for me to realize that that wasn't as fulfilling as I had wanted and that's when I ended up going back to teaching dance full-time, but I went back to to PCC after beauty school just to study physics, because it's fun, and I like it, and it's interesting, and I was just like, I'll just, I'm gonna steer my studies in this direction, and I just got really, really, like, neurotic about being, like, a, a perfect student, and I got, like, one see on like a calculus quiz one day because it was like a three question like pop quiz thing so it was like I got two out of three correct it wasn't like an actual like bad grade and I just had a, I had a meltdown I had a serious meltdown and I went to the movies with my mom later that day and it was just the two of us and I thought everything was fine and we were sitting in the movie theater it was mostly empty maybe a couple of other people It was like a midday midweek type thing and she got up to go get like popcorn or raisin I don't know why I said popcorn. I just defaulted to, yeah, my mom gets raising Um And I just started crying. I had a panic attack because she left me. I had, like, like separation anxiety for the first time in my life. And I was just like, I my mom. And I'm, like, 20. And it was just, yeah, it was a, a pivotal moment in understanding, like, my own mental health and just kind of coming to terms with the fact that, no, you can be, like, a privileged white girl in the U.S. and still have, like, mental health issues. And sometimes that's a hard pill for people to swallow.
0: And it doesn't have to, because like, I do feel like <laughs> the word mental health has to be associated with trauma to some degree. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, I... I yeah, got it's, it's not such-
1: all about trauma.
0: Yeah, it it could be like the smallest thing, like when you're kind of tying your OCD with, you know, uh, classes, and then this kind of need to always be one of the top tier students. Yeah, that could easily, easily affect you. Easily. And, you know, when... So... You know, you went to, I did see that you went to beauty school and I I automatically, when I saw that, I was just like, yeah, that fits. Yeah, that fits. (laughs) Yeah, that fits. (laughs) Where, like, how long were you just kind of content with the idea of like, I'm going to be in beauty school? Or were you just like, I knew this was going to be a a one-stop gap?
1: Um... (laughs) So, like, I, I I maintain my licenses. Um, I I love having my degree in cosmetology and knowing what I know and having access to the the resources that it provides me. Um, and obviously, it ties over well to competition dance, all that kind of stuff, performance, stage, whatever, mm-hmm. musical theater, yada yada yada. Um, but the the like lack of fulfillment definitely became apparent when I started dancing, like as a performer, again, myself um, in my mid twenties and substituting classes more and realizing how much more I loved teaching in the studio too. I mean, I was still coaching then and that was just part of you know my everyday life. And I was wanting to teach more and in order to teach more, I had to give up time at the salon. But if I gave up time at the salon, I still had to like like pay my salon rent because when you're an independent contractor, you rent your space. And so it was just, it was costing me money to do what I wanted to do. And then I was like, I'm an idiot. And just, I realized that that wasn't, no, I just needed to teach. I avoided it for as long as I did because I was afraid that it was going to like ruin my love for dance. That if I made it my, my whole career, that I was just going to like, it was going to put too much pressure on the, the financial aspect of it and take the fun away, you know? Yeah. that happens for a lot of people with a lot of things yeah.
0: but it didn't yeah because like uh so i think two three episodes ago my um, guest his name is eric he worked for he, he and i went to college together he was a big football fan he's a big football fan still but he was able to find his way into working for the nfl and then he told me that he just got so drained when it came to like watching games and doing the things he loved and now that he's away from it he's just like he's a fan again He's like, oh, all right, I, I, I enjoy heard this again.
1: the same thing from a, a friend of mine that was with the Eagles briefly. It, the NFL just, like, ruined his love for it. Yeah. And I was coaching, and he loves it so much more.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why, I like, that's when I was younger, I was just like, oh, I want to work for NFL. should to be great. And then after hearing him, and then also <laughs> I had a stint working for Nike, and then, you know, at the outside looking in, they're like, oh, you, you work for Nike? This is going to be great. You're going to, like, work your way up to campus, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, uh, no. No, no. I'll wear this. I'll wear this stuff. Don't work like that. I'll wear the stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's like no, I'm not gonna be a part of their campus. And I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, so you went from the salon, and then when you went back to dancing, did did you uh, like? How was your confidence level? Because I know when I go to the gym, I'm like, all right, think it back. Okay, I can lift this much weight. I start. I try pick it up. I'm like, nope. Nope, there's my ego check. Did you have any like kind of ego check moments while you're uh, dancing again?
1: Not as a performer, and I know that sounds like kind of cocky, but I <laughs> I just mean like I was literally raised as a performer. I mean, I was I've been competing figure skating since I was 5 years old, so it's just that's like that's my comfort zone in a weird way. Um as somebody who is very like socially introverted, it's I'm it's not a shyness, it's a like a shorter threshold for social interaction and being on stage being on the ice just performing whatever allows for the like outward confidence to be projected or displayed just you know getting out that energy of like here's my outward you know confidence or whatever but when you're a performer. audience there's a limit to how much they get to reciprocate so you feel like you have a sense of control on stage and you're like i get the amount of attention i want and that's it and then i get to leave and i'm done and i can i can see the like finish and it's it's that's its own comfort zone kind of thing where i'm like i'm comfortable here but it's the opposite of being in like a social setting where i'm like anybody could walk up and talk to me at any time and i might not want to have a conversation And just sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'm going to go now. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm stuck in this conversation because I don't want to be rude and leave (laughs) social cues
0: sometimes click and don't even like just thinking ice skating. And then, I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of doing like team dancing or the kind of dancing or coaching right now. So like just thinking ice skating for the second, it's just that you're, you're on your own platform and thinking of like that and like basketball or football or baseball where yeah you are in the team environment all the time yeah that could be overwhelming just to like you know you just let's say you did a great i don't know any of the terminologies when it comes to ice skating i just think of blades of glory uh but throw uh, something at me <laughs> the you know that spinning when they spin on um one skate with your leg held up high sure let's go with that yeah I, I can make up things. There
1: could be so many things. <laughs> I'm like, is it a camel spin? Is it a feelman? Is it a layback?
0: <laughs> okay, well, the camel spin. Okay, let's say you're doing a camel and spin. are your
1: skaters out there. <laughs> uh,
0: Honestly, so you, that's
1: probably what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> probably, probably. So you're doing the camel spin, and then, uh, you know, you finish, and then I'm thinking, like, you know, in football where you catch a touchdown, everyone's, like, running at you, cheering. You finish in ice skating. You're just there by yourself you're there just to soak it all in and then I don't imagine like once you get when you get off the ice you're officially done with your you know your song or your set do people like run up to you and just kind of crowd you or they are just still giving you your space
1: um I mean honestly it would depend on the event like because when we're talking about figure skating it's you know the environment of like where you are just where you get on and off the ice and stuff is not in the middle of an audience mm-hmm. and so the opportunity for people to really bum rush you is a lot like smaller that'd be nice and also usually when people are getting off the ice there's just this like etiquette of like stay out of the way they're coming in hot with knives on their feet yeah you know (laughs) so other than like maybe like your coach and your mom and a couple of your friends who are on the ice after you like not not really um dance team is a little bit different yeah dance moves are much higher but at the same time it's still it's still an expectation so when you can set those expectations it's much easier to manage
0: yeah and then Oh, gosh. Like a it's... Comic-Con, you know? Yeah. I was it's just thinking that, hands. too. Like, I
1: can handle all of that, but I don't want that kind of an environment, you know? If I want to go have a drink of bleachers and just, like, chill with my book. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in Comic-Con, too, is, like, you go into it as a fan. You're like, okay, I can handle this. But, like, going into it as, like, let's say the star of a TV show that's really big or, like, one of those Marvel shows that are, like, getting pumped out like crazy. That's got to be, like, how do you just sit back and just want to enjoy that. You gotta like holy crap, this line does not end. I gotta keep signing these things. I gotta keep talking to these people. That's that's gotta be a lot. But then you know, also the idea of going back to your old stopping grounds has got to be kind of nice. Especially, you know, you and I graduate from sunset and then you becoming a coach. Did did you have any other like offers from other schools like Southridge, Westview or whatever to for your services or were they just pretty much I want to go back home?
1: Not not really. Um uh want to say not really I mean no not at all but because it wasn't something I ever applied for I was just kind of asked Hmm. so that was never even really it was you know sunset or bust (laughs) that's my team (laughs) and I've never really had any interest in coaching another team I mean I you know other coaches that I've established relationships with you know if they were like hey come in and choreograph our jazz routine or something yeah say it awesome sounds great Hmm. Um, but not coaching anymore and teaching in the studios is so much better just like financially, because honestly, like any Oregon dance team coach will tell you that it's a job that you do for the passion, not the money. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a volunteer job. Yes, there's a paycheck, but it's so insignificant compared to the amount of work and hours you put in Mm -hmm. that it's just, you have to want to do it out of love. And you know, I did that for a decade and that was great. And, you know, it's just time to move on and I'm glad I did because I think I I don't think it would be a, I wouldn't want to have been there during COVID. I'm just gonna put that out there. Oh, <laughs> for yeah. starters. You know, it was hard enough on the studios. Um, but just trying to juggle two studios and the dance team at the same time would have just been a nightmare.
0: Because I, I'm, you know, before I, you mentioned again, uh, you were uh, coaching or teaching for two studios. To for you were teaching for two studios prior to us starting this recording. I thought you were still at Sunset, so that's why I was just like, "Oh man," I, I was wondering how she was like handling with you know COVID and the school shut down for most of the year. But yeah, it sounds like you got out right at the good time.
1: It's it's interesting actually. I can't say I got out. Um... But I can say that I think things just kind of fell into place in my favor. I just didn't necessarily know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um the uh, so one of my one of the studio owners where I work was the head coach when like from our junior year through graduation and then um she stayed on through twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And then um, brought in a replacement, which that, that started off kind of sour because the op- the option to move up to the head coach position was never offered. And We were like, what the heck? Like, we've been on this team for the last, like, X number of years. And then, you know, the the new gal came in, and she just – she wanted the team to be something that was the opposite of what we had been building for the last, like, 10 years style-wise. She just – she wanted another cookie-cutter team, you know? Gotcha. And um, – head coach gets her way she decided she didn't like that we had a much closer relationship with the girls. she felt like it was inappropriate because of her own trauma from past experience Mm. um and so but then you know everything just kind of worked out i i didn't have to be the one to deal with it during the pandemic which i'm not saying i couldn't have but am i upset that i didn't have to no anybody would like to not have to do hard things that's just a given but yeah, you know, I'm much happier where I am now. Yeah. I miss my girls, but they're all graduated now, so I don't have anything they, to miss anymore.
0: <laughs> you could just recruit them, like once, or just keep track of them, or like I know, literally still them.
1: work with some of them. One of them <laughs> takes private lessons via Zoom for me every week in Boston because she's in college there.
0: Okay, see, that's that's gotta be kind of fun too to get a, you know start that relationship early, and then you know we see these kids grow up. It's slightly, like very shocking, could be very shocking to see these kids grow up because like. Oh, I. Oh my I God, it winter. makes That's me feel tall. so old. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there was. I have students at my studios, and I was wearing a pair of pants the other day that are leggings that I that I've had since high school. And I looked at my pants, and I looked at my dance and I looked at my pants, and I want my pants older than you. <laughs> and we both just like had a moment, and I was like,
0: Nope, <laughs> nope.
1: What do you there's what do you say to that? Like,
0: <laughs> it's. I mean, I think. I was just thinking this, like, again, when I found out that you were back at Sunset teaching or coaching, I was just like, I just wonder, like, how crazy it is that, you know, you went, you went there as a student, now you're there as a teacher, and then you're seeing things from a whole nother perspective from the teacher end of it all, or the coach's end of it all. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, God, I, did you, did you, like, work with any of our older teachers or uh, I, feel, not I feel like, like when with you're... much
1: but definitely yeah. definitely like my relationship with a lot of the staff you know evolved and so like a professional working relationship and and seen as peers i mean you know and see mr ross mr farmer yeah in the hallways i mean pete lukich obviously was mm-hmm. you know our, our director so i had a, a great relationship with him and some of the vice principals and stuff but it's just, you know, it becomes the difference between, you know, in the first couple of years I was coaching, I literally was fresh out of high school. I didn't even leave. I never left. <laughs> and being still friends with some of the upperclassmen because they're only a year or two younger than you. And, you know, you graduated, but they're still in school. And then just with enough time and enough turnover, now all of a sudden I'm running at ki- or I'm yelling at kids running in the hallway because they're being dangerous. And I'm like, you need to slow down. You're going to get hurt. Or you're going to cause somebody else to get hurt. And that's going to be on you. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm the teacher now. I'm the teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I am the teacher now.
0: Any fl- Any flashbacks to your days as a, a student?
1: I mean, constantly, you can't walk through those halls without having that's like. That's Two hall looks the same. Yeah. The elevator is still so unnecessary. Like.
0: Yeah. It went like literally. The only like...
1: thing that's really changed is the fields. You know, cause they've been improved and, and updated and whatnot, but
0: so yesterday i was at the saturday market with uh, my girlfriend and i saw i went to i think it was like portland juice Co. their little booth and i saw one of the girls wearing a sunset sweater with just the, the s on it and i was like oh what what year are you or are you still in school she's like oh i'm a junior and i'm like oh i went to sun school i went to the sunset in 2010 and then i told her like yeah those fields uh i wish i had those i hate you guys but also i'm happy <laughs> for you guys i hate you but i'm happy. <laughs>
1: very confused i'm envious but i'm very very like i'm I'm happy that the next generation got something god you sons of
0: bitches (laughs) fans of the keone chats podcast if you are enjoying this episode so far check out my other show con lose con conversations or also known as tres c this is a talk show with my brother, uh, Jack Conlu, and uh, his Instagram handle is Jack underscore B-I-T-W. Uh, Check it out. We're only about a couple episodes in, but you know, it was just two brothers. We're not experts at all, but we're just giant fans. And we talk about different topics. So far, these first two episodes, they have been about the NFL and everything going on, and some uh, trailblazers. We're both Portland, Oregon natives, so we wanted to, you know, get some mics in front of us. I obviously I do this. Uh, what's becoming like? I'm doing this for a living, uh, and I wanted to get my brother on here and also see what his knowledge is like. So, check it out. Tress C Conlose Con Conversation available on Spotify. And Google Podcast. No videos, all audio, all fun. If you want to hear a topic discussed by us, direct message either him, uh, again, Jack underscore B I T W, or myself at KC Media 13. Check it out every Tuesday or every other Tuesday, uh, looking to get those released. So thank you very much. Now, please enjoy the rest of the episode. So, you know, that, you know that now that phase of your life is done, you know, we did have that pandemic, like we've mentioned a few times. Now, to pack that onto your anxiety prior to the pandemic, so like 2019, and then the OCD, and then everything else, I know you got your vaccine fairly early when, you know, this, this most recent year. Um, how was that early stages for you? Because uh, that's also, again a lot of things happened for me during this whole year so i'll i'll let you have the floor though because this is a show about you not about me (laughs) (laughs) um
1: definitely at the beginning of the pandemic i honestly like most of us in the house just kind of went into that like you know worst case scenario survival mindset and i i was definitely perfectly happy to stay inside my house those first two weeks in march i was like don't got to tell me twice. I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to come into contact with other people because I don't know how bad this is. Mm-hmm. And we're also, I mean, you know, me, my husband, my sister, her boyfriend, we're around all of our parents. And, you know, my husband's parents are are on the older side and stuff. His mom actually did get COVID back in uh, September. And she's, you know, she had a, a, a fine recovery and, you know, good medical assistance and whatnot but she sounded like deaf and then she was you know she said it was pretty miserable and and that's even with just a pretty mild case so we got pretty lucky as far as you know none of our our parents generations really getting exposed to it before getting vaccinated um, but it was a very tense first couple of months between you know everybody feeling like oh you know are we communicating enough you know we want to make sure that like who did you see today did you come did you come within six feet of anybody and it was like it was Mm -hmm. so rigorous until we just knew more and you know obviously that's also hard when you're around people who are on the other side of it going you know don't believe everything you hear you know the virus is a hoax and just like all that like, disease doesn't care about politics. And that's just, i that's what I keep coming back to. And I'm like, I would rather be this kind of wrong than that kind of wrong, is the other thing I've said to people. Like, I would rather be wrong and be like, oh, well, I'm glad that I was safe, even if it wasn't worth all of the, like, drama, than be like, oh, no, I was reckless, and it's worse than I thought. It's just, I mean, to me, it's a clear choice. Yeah. And so, you know, taking advantage of getting vaccinated as soon as I was able to, because, you know, it puts my students in a, in a safer position as well just being in the studio around me and whatnot and mm-hmm. my family and just i don't know i don't want to be the malaria mosquito that's transmitting it from one person to the next yeah because
0: yeah. i i've had this conversation at my current work where they're like this feels like it's the aids call you know like you call up your your past lover and be like hey i just found out i have this you should get you should go get tested right and yeah. it's such, it seems like such a hard conversation to have now you know with uh it
1: is well and there's guilt too you know even yeah. even when it's like nobody's fault just to be the person be like hey i might have been near somebody who had covid you should make sure that you're okay like you just you feel guilty telling somebody hey if you have it it might be my fault
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm just glad that i've never had to make that call
0: yeah and i remember when i i again at the same work where we've had two positive covid cases uh get i guess we revealed at work and then i called one other person because the the guy who had covid he uh, was in the office on thursday i'm in the office full-time so he was in the office on thursday and then that saturday i saw like my friend and then his wife i gave him the call i was like hey or texted i was like hey uh, i just found out that someone at my work got covid Uh, i just want you guys know since we were like right with you a couple days later he asked me a few questions i was like oh were you, how close were you? Did you have your mask on? I was like, yes. And I was like a little bit above six feet. And then yes, I had my mask. He was like, I'm not worried. I was like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, I've done my part then. <laughs> right. I did my part. There's but...
1: only so much, you know, other adults are responsible for themselves too. And you can only like take so much responsibility on behalf of somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I that's all because there are arguments where like for the vaccine, for example, it's like, are you doing your part? Are you getting your vaccine? Do you want to get your vaccine? There's a whole like list of like questions that come after like, did you get vaccinated? That it's some, it just feels weird for me to ask people, you know, it's just like.
1: It is. Well, there's also this big misconception that seems to be popular amongst the predominantly anti-vax, you know, community. And that is that it's a HIPAA violation and it's not because that's not how HIPAA works. And a lot of people just don't know that and don't understand it. But unfortunately, and I've heard directly from some people that like their employers are spreading that misinformation too and telling their employees, hey, nobody's allowed to ask you this. This is a, a violation of your medical rights. It's a HIPAA violation. And it's like, no, it's not. And unfortunately, when they're wrong, they're wrong. And the laws are the laws. But mm-hmm. you know, it's causing people to think that they. Are exempt from being asked a question that they simply can just choose not to answer.
0: Yeah. Or if you know they you don't can want you it. can
1: ask anybody a question, you don't have to answer. Like that's that's what it really boils down to.
0: I mean, I got a list but of you, things you I can't ask, ask you. me
1: that. All <laughs> right, you can't ask me that. Well, I did. So are you going to answer or not? No. All right, then we're done here. Like yeah. that's that's the extent. That's the only conversation it should ever be. <laughs>
0: I I do feel like sometimes people get asked that question and they just want to make more of a scene than it really has to be just because- Oh yeah, it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't need, okay, it's like, great, I hear your life story, awesome. But it's like, I asked you a question like 20 minutes ago and it's acquired a one one word answer, yes or no. So, oh, so as an instructor, how closely were you monitoring you know because the cdc revealed new guidelines about 10 days ago actually now how how close are you monitoring everything that's happening and uh making sure that when you do have your classes or you talk to like the main owner of the studio you know you two is there any kind of collaboration when it comes to again i don't want to get in trouble but is there any kind of collaboration when it comes to you know making sure that your guys's guidelines within the studios is fair and safe or you just kind of like follow cdc blindly
1: yeah, there's, I mean, we would be stupid to not, you know, follow the rules because that just would, that would put, you know, everybody in a position of un, uns, unsafety. That's not a word. <laughs> I would put everyone in a very unsafe position to begin with and also just be a, a stupid choice from from a business practice standpoint. Yeah, And I'm glad that I don't work in environments where I feel like I have to worry about that. Um, mm-hmm. When new, like when new guidelines and stuff come out, um, we're, we're updated by the, the, like administrative staff pretty much immediately, um, and you know how the changes affect us what it, what it means for us you know what are the options now and so on and so forth and then um like I said you know it's it's optional for fully vaccinated teachers if you want to keep wearing a mask or not, and the more we get into summer the hotter it is obviously the more you know we're seeing that start to open up um, students still are fully required to wear masks, even if they're vaccinated mm-hmm. um, well, so <laughs> <laughs> A rattle food yep. um, <laughs> That won't be the last time that happened. Probably not. probably not. Um, but you know it is it's nice because people do understand that you know we are following the the CDC guidelines, and um, basically the most cautious of the recommendations is the protocol that um, that we're following. and yeah. Um, yeah. I think there was something I had to add on to that, but clearly it wasn't important enough.
0: <laughs> so, something that was. We're
1: following the rules for being safe.
0: There you go. There you go. Something that was a casualty of, of COVID times and also something I was mentioned earlier is Comic Cons. And I would be very remiss if I don't mention how much of a cosplayer, cosplayer? Yeah. 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 Cosplayer you are. Uh, you even made your own Instagram account. I assume the mannequin behind you, again, people who are just listening to this, maybe it's some grand elaborate costume you're about to unveil when Comic-Con comes back. Where, where did this passion for, you know, just, uh, you know, starting at the very essentials, where did this passion for like all cartoons, all kinds of superheroes or just anything kind of fun, the word nerdy was such a, a bad word like when we were kids, but now we're like, it's the word to be honored by. So where, where did this kind of passion come from?
1: Um, I mean, I've always definitely been just, you know, a, a, a nerd as far as, like, cult classic type stuff, comic book type stuff. I was never, like, huge into, like, reading comic books, but, you know, just the the cartoon type stuff in general, that became very popular from our high school and onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, our first convention that we went to was Rose City Comic Con in 2016, I and that. I was like, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to do my first cosplay and Pokemon go had just come out and we had gotten really sucked into that because the, And uh, so I was like, I'm going to do a Vaporeon. That's my favorite Pokemon. Why not? And since it was so hot that summer, it was, there was so much Pokemon content Mm. at that comic con and so many, you know, parents who brought their younger kids that they had gotten into it and stuff. And there were just so many, you know, so many families and so many children and stuff. How oh, can we get a picture with you? Oh, you're making a sense of yeah. Pokemon and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is so fun. I feel like a <laughs> Disney princess at Disneyland. Oh my God, I'm doing this forever. And I'm just, you know, I've always been into making costumes and stuff. And that goes back to, you know, being in middle school and designing my own figure skating costumes for competition and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I... <laughs> I got a sewing machine from my fifteenth birthday, and it 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 had gone untouched for many years until like probably around 2016,
0: where I was like, "All right, <laughs> let's 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 get this bad boy going." Let her let's hit. go. <laughs> yep. Oh.
1: So yeah, that that just forced me to learn a lot of different kinds of like costuming techniques, whether it's like working with you know uh like warble products and and mm-hmm. fusing plastics and you know molding things resin casting i haven't worked with like electrical stuff much but that's mostly just because like i don't i don't like to mess with electricity i i i, I respect it from a distance
0: that that one seems like it could very much backfire where this one is just like it's just glue or you're just gonna you know, cut something you cut something wrong glue something wrong oh, yes. you're fine
1: honestly i feel like it's very important Anybody, anybody who is listening to this and seeing this needs to know. So much is smoke and mirrors. Like the amount of hot glue and duct tape that goes into cosplays is the number one reason why I I don't like pursue it as something that I allow people to like commission works from me from because I'm like I don't do things the right way so I don't feel like I can value that in a way that is justifiable to like mm-hmm. bill somebody what it would actually cost to to have a custom made
0: piece. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, you know, when you're, you don't want to coach the wrong technique, but you think it's the right technique. And then yeah,
1: it, I'm like, it just looks good on the outside. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. And I, so first off, you know, you go to a Comic Con dressed as, you know, a Pokemon and you get all this attention. That does seem kind of opposite to i mean for me anxiety is kind of driven for me at least when there's like a large groups of people unknown uncertainty so like the black lives matter movement that one gave me a big trigger of like anxiety did you not get any kind of anxiety with all these people like surrounding you or trying to get pictures of you or you know knowing no because taking a photo of you without you knowing
1: i see i have no problem being on camera i have no problem with photography video like anything and that's just because that's where I'm comfortable Is I'm comfortable performing and so if I'm going somewhere in a costume that is meant to be getting attention it's a choice I've made and I'm very mentally prepared for it okay. it's all about the mindset it's not that any crowd is an issue it's that okay so with something like Black Lives Matter it's a great example so something that you know is is a movement that you know as a peaceful protest that you know Mm -hmm. is also frequently you know being targeted and attacked and turning into these riots and stuff that is a very volatile situation that i just that wouldn't be a choice i would make a Mm -hmm. comic-con should be relatively benign everybody's there to have a good time everybody's there for the same reason we're all nerds everybody just wants to play (laughs) games and do stuff so like it's it's a safe space it's a big okay. safe space it's like disneyland for me
0: yeah and i mean they're also the costumes a depending on how much time and effort you put it can look a lot like almost comic book accurate which is absolutely fantastic it must be a great feeling oh, for you
1: some of the stuff i've seen is unbelievable i'm like are is that is that's the actual one, right? Like I've seen some like Groot cosplays that are just insane. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. The 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 end of the end of convention costume contests are my favorite part of the I enter even though I never win just because I just I like being there and I like hanging out with everybody else in their yeah. amazing costumes.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh gosh, I remember the movie Ready Player One. Uh I watched that one mm. fairly again recently. And you see all these like random characters. Thrown together, it's like a scene from that movie, like towards the end where like, the big action 100%. scene. A
1: hundred percent, yeah. Like, oh my God, Especially when they're insane. all like lined up on stage, <laughs> like Magneto next to Thor, next to a Minecraft sweeper thing or it, whatever they're called, the creepers.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know, I believe I saw you do a Mystique uh, from X Men. Yeah. And I'm just curious, also because those can be very revealing like very tight on your body how are you with that kind of you know uh, granted again it's not they can't fully see you like as clear as i see you right now but it's like that's still very revealing how would you feel about that
1: it's yeah so that one i mean for me it was just like any dance costume it's it's mm. a full body leotard it's i i am so used to having my body scrutinized by spectators that it's it's pretty unfazing um in that performance setting, you know, if somebody's walking down the street and they call you fat or whatever, obviously that's gonna sting a little bit, but it's it's different when you're potentially putting yourself on display. Um, I was also in really good shape when I did that yeah. one, uh, but it, you know, it was a full body, like blue leotard that I, that I had painted um, the scales onto. So it just looked like a fit and then I used body paint to, to fill in the rest. And actually, really want to redo that one because at the time that I did it, I didn't have the yellow contacts, mm. but I have them now, um, and and I think I've I've gotten a little bit better at getting the the body makeup to stay. The problem was that it started like chafing off around oh. my neck, so there's this distinct like line of separation <laughs> between like my blue face and my blue body. <laughs> <laughs> but that one is fun, and I've never taken that one to a convention, so I will be doing that one again at some point. It's just a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm lazy.
0: But, you know, I knew that, again, going back, diving into your social media, I do know that you had a little bit of a body weight issue that, um, at least for me, I know I have a body dysmorphia where, like, I can go to the gym, I can work out all this time, and I can go on a diet, but then I just won't feel comfortable completely. Like, you know, if I'm, like, let's say, get out of the shower, I'm just like... You know, I can work out more on my abs. I can always do bigger, get my chest bigger, but it's like I'm never satisfied. So, yeah. for for you in health and fitness and your weight management, how how was that journey for you? Because you did find something to help with that, which will you know I'll let you lead into.
1: Um, it's that's definitely been um a very it's something that I could have struggled a lot more with under different circumstances, and I'm grateful that I didn't, but. Um, it has always been kind of an underlying challenge. I, you know, I've never always I've never been the one to have like a super fast metabolism or anything. Um, and you know, in my my late teens, my early twenties, you know, I did have some um kind of unhealthy relationship dynamics where I was, you know, being told that I was, you know, losing my my ideal, you know, physique and and whatnot and comments on weight and just body changes. And honestly, you know, in hindsight, it was completely unacceptable because i was literally just like getting taller and like going through puberty late and like like boobs growing and things like that. i went from looking like a toddler to like an actual like human woman and god forbid um but i i try i i promote a lot of body positivity and um but it is a very you know it can be a very touchy subject because And, you know, I could be putting myself on blast out there for as much as I think that it's very unhealthy to, you know, promote like being super skinny and like, you know, terrible eating habits and and calorie counting and just, you know, trying to be too small. It does go the other way as well. And, you know, I do think that there is a much wider range of physique and like health then is just you can't you can't look at somebody and just decide if they're healthy or not based on what you see based on their shape their size whatever that's that's unacceptable and it's, it's almost never going to be accurate unless you're some kind of like brilliant nutritionist trainer human that literally only does that for a living and just gets paid to do that then no, you have no business just guessing if you think somebody else is healthy or not. Um, but there's a threshold on on either end of like, you can definitely tell when someone is way too skinny or way too overweight. And I think with, with a lot of the body positivity, um, like acceptance that we see these days, those boundaries of acceptance sometimes do get pushed into the unhealthy limits in both directions. And so I try to curb that by... I don't I don't try too hard to be a particular weight um I was very happy but you know being more comfortable and being leaner and then at the beginning of the year um I don't know if it was just like a change in my medications for my mental health uh, because I switched from uh, one kind of antidepressant to a non-antidepressant because it was just I mean it, it made me a shell of a person don't recommend that um but I think that that changed my metabolism and i lost like 30 pounds just like not on purpose and honestly that was kind of weird because while i'm not upset about it and i'm like cool this is great i'm i'm inside i've like i can do aerials and stuff again like i just i'm in better shape now Mm -hmm. um but when people say oh you look great how did you do it and it's like it's almost like having like a natural gift. You're like, you don't know how to accept like a a compliment on something you didn't work to achieve. And that's the bigger issue that I struggle with is that when when I have fluctuations in the like, the like down direction where I look like much more like ripped and athletic, all of a sudden, obviously people are just like, you look like a beast. But it's almost never intentional. So I have a hard time like being okay with it. And it's not about the weight, it's about the attention that the change in weight Mm. gets. And I think that that's something that a lot of teenagers and young women struggle with as well, because people will be very quick to comment on, when you look good, have you lost weight lately? Oh, so you're implying I was unhealthy and and, and heavier. I didn't know that. Like, you never know, like, what you might be stirring up by Mm. telling someone they look good, have you lost weight, if it's something you don't know if they're trying to do or not, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Because you never know if like they're just having a hard time sleeping or just something behind the scenes, like the rough time at home. And then next thing you know, they're just like not yeah. eating as much. So, you know, it does bring attention to mm-hmm. some of the underlying issues that they could be facing. And that's not fun. That's not yeah, good. And
1: that was, that was a concern with me at the beginning of the year because I, the weight drop did happen to coincide also with the, the family death that we went through. And, you know, so I wasn't sure if it was a healthy weight loss like, if it was just a change in my metabolism, which that was more or less confirmed by blood tests later on that we were doing for by thyroid, and it was those levels changed and it just all kind of tracks. But gotcha. yeah, I was like, did I lose weight out of stress? Because that's not something I'm going to recommend to other people. Right. <laughs> like, had you do it?
0: <laughs> I just imagine you in a commercial be like, I lost weight thanks to stress. Stress helped me get uh, <laughs> drop this much weight, able to we go, you know, aerials again, <laughs> and there you go, there you go. You know, it's because
1: stress with an e accent. Because
0: <laughs> it's so easy. I mean, granted, I guess when it comes to that October to December time frame, you know, with the holidays and all this Thanksgiving eating, it gets colder outside. God, yes. I know, like I feel very body conscious when I like go to work. And luckily like I'm behind a desk where people can only see me from like my chest up, for example. So like, I'm like, Oh, don't look at my stomach. Oh, I had too much good food (laughs) last night. Sorry. Sorry. But I know when I start turning it around, it's just like, I do feel more confident being able to wear like maybe a little bit, not so loose of shirts or just, you know, try to like, that's what it's really about too.
1: Are you happy and comfortable? that's what matters not what somebody else thinks not what the scale says are you happy and are you comfortable yeah. and are you healthy yeah in the greater sense
0: of the word that's the important part so in this journey to body acceptance you also found pole dancing so you know i'm not sure if you're still doing pole dancing now in your studio or if you have in your studio but uh, tell me about that because pole dancing obviously has a very taboo type of connotation yes. immediately off the bat so
1: yeah, I would love to unpack that. Yeah, so I actually, um, <clears throat> you know what aerial silks are?
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so, I, I will also put up yeah. a picture for people watching on YouTube so they can just be like, hey, there it is. Mm.
1: Yeah, so, you know, think very like Cirque du Soleil type stuff. These aerial silks, the hoops, the trapeze. Um, my sister and I did that uh, in middle school because one of the aerial schools was based out of our middle school, so it was just convenient, um, and then in like 2014-ish um, there's a studio in Tigard called Diva Den that does pole classes and they but that it's acrobatic pole so it's not like hey we're going to teach you you know how to go like work the clips unless you want to <laughs> because they're very very positive about that because we have such a sex positive like environment in Portland and it is really good and there are girls who are professional dancers that like come and train to improve their skills and that's honestly why we have some of the like most awesome strippers in portland they're so talented because they, they take their craft very seriously um but it's they're very very rigorous classes and you start to build up a lot of like pain tolerance working with it because you're gripping basically it's it's the same concept as aerial silks except instead of having this like floppy fabric you have a stiff medium that you're working with but a lot of the mm. the you know the holds and everything is all the same like it was easy for us to jump into because of our background with silks mm. basically and um we trained in that for about two years got up to a, a semi-advanced level and then <sighs> why did I take a break that? I don't remember why I took a break the first time I haven't been back in class in a while because October 2019 I had shoulder surgery and I just I haven't like done anything since then. Yeah. Um, but we were actually talking about getting back into classes soon because I think yeah. the studios are are back to open up again. Um, but we're also talking about getting back into the aerial silk stuff and doing some of the drop-in classes at some of the um aerial gyms that they have in Portland. It just sounds so fun. And I miss it. And I like swinging around. That's what it is. I like flying. Like I've just I've always enjoyed acrobatics and there's some stuff that I'm good to and some stuff I really struggle with because <laughs> I have T-Rex arms, but you know what, I'll take what I can get.
0: <laughs> so you said something when it came to your pole dancing class that was very open sexually or open, I guess, yeah, yeah, open sexuality. There you go. That was the word you said. But again, uh, going back to your very confidence and um, very much like, you know, strong presence when it came to high school and then you go into the salon, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I see that. I, I do remember this about you too. You were very open about that. You're very open about sex and you're very open about talking about it and very open about just, you know, help. I don't know if it, where you're at now, now that you're married and had some life behind you, but did it, did it feel like any moment when you're you know doing the pole dancing, we are like, okay, I could, I could, I could do this in the club. I could, I could strip my stuff. Or if you're just like, you know, I want to, maybe I can have it be saved for like a fun little date night with you and Chris versus, for example, like where, we're, other than the fitness angle of pole dancing, what other thoughts did you have when it came to performing and doing all that?
1: That's actually a really funny question. Um, I, I always made this joke of, you know, I would never be a stripper because I don't like the hours, the same reason I wouldn't be a bartender. Like, <laughs> and I mean, ultimately it's, because I love the dance aspect of it I don't think I don't think the human form in its nude form or the human figure in its nude form should necessarily have to be a sexual thing so I don't necessarily correlate pole dancing with having to be sexualized as opposed to any other form of dance jazz dance is really sexualized too and we put toddlers on the stage doing that like Mm -hmm. it's you know the there's a lot of like double standards in the dance industry and so as far as like pole technique goes everything that i do i mean i actually do a lot of like point work like ballet point shoe work with um my pole and like kind of playing around with how can i hybridize the styles because that's what i like to do is kind of you know like asian fusion food but for dance like (laughs)
0: delicious (laughs) delicious and multicultural (laughs) Multicultural, exactly. <laughs> Keanu Chats is probably sponsored by Covey Hard Yerba Mate. Josh Mackler is a good friend and former guest of the show. And after his episode, I was very curious as to how the Yerba Mate tasted like. So I've seen those yellow cans at grocery stores. I say Yerba Mate, but never really bought one and never really got into that um got into it so once i tried it out got a baseline understanding of how yerba mate tasted like i was like okay let's get let's let's try this out let's go so josh was very kind and sent me a pack including the four flavors they provide which is a berry lemonade and a uh, mango colada and a mojito so i've loved all four flavors at different stages so um, at first it was the, it was the mojito and then next thing you know, the berry and then now the lemonade, but it's, they're all fantastic options. And if you are interested in trying some of Josh's hard yerba mate, then go to hard uh, search around, create a cart and put some flavors here, put some flavors there. So, uh, they also have t-shirts. So if you want to get some apparel, put that in there as well, and then use a the discount code Keone K-E-O-N-I-C-H-A-T-S-K-O-V-E for 25% off your total purchase. That is huge, Josh, and the people at Kove. Thank you very much for uh, providing a discount code for all Kony Chats fans to use. Um, it's still very awesome to say that I have my own discount code. So uh, thank you again. Uh, you you must be 21 and over to purchase any alcohol from Kove. Uh, and everyone please enjoy responsibly. Uh, Dante's. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are, um, so (laughs) kind of hard not to Johnny.
1: (laughs) The owner was always like, how come you ain't working for me? How come you ain't working for me? I don't like the politics. I'm sorry. It's just too dramatic. Sorry, Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just i mean it's not for me like i like to go out every now and then i think you know sex positivity is great you know mm-hmm. i i applaud women who want to be strippers i love the male strip clubs too we are so fun but like just like anything else i can get for me it's just like any other nightclub i have to be in the mood to go out in that environment i'll have a good time and then i'm gonna need a break because it's just it's a lot of drama you know mm. They're yeah. just, they're high energy, high drama environments. And the older I get, the less it's interesting, but you know, it used to be fun when we were 22, 23 and wanted to go out on Friday nights and party. But
0: yeah. Yeah. it's getting kind of old a- now. <laughs> <laughs> that's just getting too tiring, you know, just and yeah, Listen, in college. i my, it was in my so happy easier.
1: hour years, my happy hour years now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was at a, a party and then, which is also a weird experience to be in a house party with people that uh i think I know, right just i'm just like this is weird and you know, i'm vaccinated Wait, is this allowed i know i was like i feel like some police are gonna come and just kind of break this up but we yeah had like four I,
1: friends over and everyone was vaccinated
0: but we were like i see your face
1: do we hug do we high five what do we do
0: <laughs> but yeah i just remember that you know it's uh I oh god where where was I going to go? But I just know that it's it's harder to go enjoy yourself nowadays when it's not just COVID times, but you know just our age is just like we just want to relax and hang out at home. And I just remember I was going to ask you. So uh, I think this was maybe a little under a year ago. I think so. But when they opened up the first ever drive-through strip club, what were your thoughts?
1: So I never went, uh, but one of my friends works there and she, as she said, she looked like she was having a great time. (laughs) Um, I loved her environment. She was also a very like, like COVID safety positive type person. So she would have all these cool like gas masks and stuff that she would wear. Uh, But she also, because it was outside and there were these like tents and stuff and it was cold. She had this like awesome left shark, like onesie costume that she would wear super unform fitting unsexy, and still it's just, just like a giant square some of the most amazing yeah and she's one of the most amazing entertainers you've ever seen um i thought it was really interesting i i like i like the innovativeness and i like how a lot of the businesses you know just like came up with really creative ways to stay afloat because mm-hmm. other than that all they were doing was was take out if they had restaurants mm-hmm. attached to them and you know that's keeping your fingers crossed that that's enough profit to to keep your doors open. So the drive through show club thing I thought was a pretty awesome such a Portland idea.
0: It really I, my parents is. and my
1: sister <laughs> went to the drive through haunted house thing that Oaks Park. It was Oaks Park, right? Oaks Park. Yeah.
0: I, I I think it was Oaks Park. I used to at that time actually I was living near the zoo and I knew they had a drive through zoo lights. So I'm not sure about the
1: I did the hear about room. that. I didn't go to that but I wanted to.
0: You know, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like when it comes to like haunted houses, they can obviously have the variety. So when it comes to like a like a Portland Zoo lights, it's just like it's all kind of the same. At some point, it yeah. just kind of becomes like all the same to me, honestly. So uh, you know the the strip club industry, they did do this to kind of create some sort of revenue, do some, some so do something unique and different during the 2020 year, or just also onto 2021. What is something you've picked yourself picked up and what is something you're like finding yourself not thinking you'd be able to do, but now you're doing it easily just because you had the time to maybe that's not crafts involved, you know, something other than crafts.
1: <laughs> well, shoot, then I don't know if I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have I can't say that I picked up any like I didn't like learn an instrument or a new language okay. or anything. I, I my Etsy shop was the only thing that I started as a result of of the time that I had.
0: Was it the Lunaby?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that, that that was born out of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. What what is Lunaby?
1: As uh, so a Lunaby is my my Etsy shop name and my my Instagram handle for the same thing. Um, it started as I like rocks, I like crystals. <laughs> um, and I was really digging the like gemstone bead bracelets that I had seen like people start to wear, and I was. I wanted I wanted to do that I really like the show Steven Universe because mm-hmm. it's just amazing and all of the or most of the characters in the show are named after crystal gems hmm. and so I was like how does nobody have just like a collection of the crystal gem bracelets in all of the Steven Universe like gem characters and so I that's that was what started it and I decided I wanted to make a whole series of gemstone bracelets based on the characters of the show was like pearl amethyst garnet peridot like it seemed so obvious and it was one of those like well i guess i'll do it myself moments yeah. <laughs> and then it just took off from there i um i you know Kenzie chapman yeah. yeah yeah um so she and i collaborate a lot on stuff and i actually i had her do the design for my logo um which is the like geometric b with a moon inside of it <laughs> um and that became the the name and the logo because my first dog's name was Luna and um I just like bees I'm one of those people I'm a bee person we'll save the bees and I just I don't know it it sounded good it was cute the logo just kind of came together on its own and it's stuck and the rest was history and so now I just have an Etsy shop and I have jewelry that I make and um I've started branching out to. I made some tote bags, and I'm gonna start doing the Apple Watchy scrunch bands soon.
0: Okay, I did see Apple that. scrunchy bands. <laughs> I didn't know if that was like when you found or you made that but that that's actually pretty good i like oh, that. these
1: are so popular right now and i like it because i had one of the silicone bands um and then like it was really hot in the middle of april and i realized how gross and sweaty it gets when i'm at work and i was like well that won't do nope. and so i got one of these instead and it's awesome because i can just pop it on and off and and all you have to do is get the little connectors and then you yeah. can make whatever kind of band you want so i was like yes yeah,
0: I went on a pretty long walk yesterday with a girlfriend, and then yeah, I had an Apple Watch tan on my wrist, and I was just like, of <laughs> course, of course.
1: That's something I will never have to worry about because I don't tan.
0: <laughs> yet, yet we can't close the door on this one yet, Olivia.
1: <laughs> I guess eventually all my freckles will just like blend together.
0: I mean, they, they could. you could just make a whole co- you could do a cosplay of you being tan
1: trying To think of the darkest spray tan I ever gotten what it looked like, it was. I think it was pretty orange, it's pretty bad. It's, Let's I start do. turning like the color of
0: my hair. Let's do it. So, there is one more do dance it. question I want to ask you. Um, yes, is that okay? I so so watched Dancing with the Stars, so so watched those dancing shows. You saw this on the topic sheet, you met Derek Huff. I, I think I'm saying that last name right. What was the story behind that? Because at first, I, I don't know why I was like, this is this a real photo, did, or did she just like fake Photoshop herself? No, this is real. This is real.
1: <laughs> um, so he uh, he had his own tour that came through. They came through Eugene a couple of years ago. My mom and my sister and I went because we're big Derek fans and just dance fans in general. And if you've never seen him dance oh my god you have to it's just it's amazing I he's got so much charisma and he's so talented his choreography is awesome just I mean I could watch him dance forever and he's such a nice guy he kind of looks a lot like my husband, <laughs> too, so, you know, like, he's got a sweet place in my heart, <laughs> but, um, I don't know, my mom just decided that she wanted to, like, spring for the, like, backstage pass thing, so it's, mm. he, he played, like, a, like, a musical set for, for the VIP guests, and there was just, like, a Q&A, and a and then we just kind of hung out and got their pictures, and he was, he was really nice, really funny, I mean, it wasn't like I met him somewhere and we like had a drink and it was like circumstantial. Yeah, like
0: a scotch. Those in your are hand. my fun
1: those are my favorite experiences. <laughs> I love it. I um, bought Aaron McGeehee a drink one time at uh Oh no, that's Dante's. Well uh, Aaron I met is... Casa earlier when I was talking about the strip club. That's what I meant. Casa Diablo, not Dante's.
0: <laughs> well, Aaron McGeehee, he does live in Portland, I believe I heard. <laughs>
1: so
0: that does uh,
1: I don't know if he still does. Yeah, this is several years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, just, I think I was just crazy that, like, A, you met Derek Hough, and then B, it's like, all these people are flocking to Beaver, like, Portland area, just to, you know, find residents, and I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah.
1: Why? John Heater is from Oregon, too, but I think, like, Central Oregon or Southern Oregon
0: or something. And then Ty Burrell, he, uh, from Modern Family, he went to, yeah! he's a Duck alum, he went to Gresham High School, I believe, so it's like, all right. Not recently. We're popping out some good talent there you go so for for you meeting Derek Huff what does you know he you see you said this dance is you know iconic when it comes to the dance world for for you and just knowing that you have seen him in person and then you see him on tv what is what kind of connections do you feel there
1: have you ever like met a celebrity that you are a big fan of and you're just like they their their status seems to just like kind of a little bit more when you meet them. Yeah,
0: because there's always that uh, what never meet your heroes or idols or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a setup. <laughs> I
1: don't I don't find him any less like I he's he's everything that I w- I would hope that he would be as yeah. a fan. He was he's just a great guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because anytime so I was in my brother went to oregon state for his first two years of college and then i went to go visit him because bobby lee was there uh bobby lee from mad tv small asian guy for people that don't know who he is so he was there doing a, a comedy sh- a comedy set and uh, i just remember like i took a picture of him. i was completely starstruck and i just like like oh, oh hi hey hi and then i see him on tv for like a movie or something like that i'm just like I met this guy in person. I met him in person. This is great. <laughs> That's the kind of thing like, I feel like you would, would have with Derek Huff.
1: <laughs> I have that more with John Hader because we've met him at a couple of comic cons now. He's, he almost always comes to the Portland one since he's from Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't talk to him very much at the first one because they just kind of funnel people through when you're like buying your photographs or whatever. But the second time we met him, he was just he had an open booth and was nobody was really there and we ended up just like talking to him for like 20 minutes but it's when we were dressed up as Vader and Leia but reversed (laughs) and he was just like I've had to stare at this man in a bikini for 20 minutes and I'm like not about it but not mad about it at all and I think he remembers us now, because oh. like, we just I, we just had such a great time, and I just like I get so excited to see him every time we are actually um we got our tickets for comic con this September because it's it's scheduled to run, really? and he's supposed to be there, so I'm like, oh I'm gonna go see him again. We brought the first picture we ever got with him the second time we met him. So that he held the picture when we took another picture. So we're just gonna keep doing this like John Heater pictureception every time yeah, we yeah. see him. And eventually, he's just gonna have to be our friend, right? I
0: mean, I mean, I feel like the next step is you gotta make him a shirt. Actually, you gotta make matching Ooh. shirts.
1: Ooh, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that really easily.
0: Give, give yeah. that to him. <laughs> make get like a vacuum sealed clean bag or whatnot, and then be like, hey, John. I want you to have this too. Uh, I want I feel like we have a special. Or connection. just
1: isolate the picture of Chris and the princess with a bikini and put that on a <laughs> shirt.
0: <laughs> oh, think how crazy that would be if he you did that and that he wore it to some random Comic Con and there's a photo of it. Like, you see a photo I of him wearing that? I would
1: love that. That would be <gasps> awesome. You know, my mom actually, okay, that's actually, that just reminded me that my mom's a huge Trekkie and, uh, she in like the 80s at a star trek convention gave uh michelle nichols the original Uhura, uh a dartmouth sweater my dad's a dartmouth alum and michelle nichols was at like the most recent one that we went to like two three years ago and I convinced my whole family to come with us because it was my birthday weekend. I was like, "This is what I want to do." And, uh, do so my mom, <laughs>
0: exactly,
1: yeah. So my mom popped over to to Michelle Nichols' thing and she goes, "I just, I just wonder if she still has that or if she even remembers it." And my mom goes up and like asks her, you know, she's she's very old, white hair, you know, beautiful in her in her in her later years, just finding her own business. And her assistant goes, "Oh, I know the sweater you're talking about. Yeah, she's she keeps it with her most of the time. And it's like it's something that she's had for, like, what, forty years now.
0: Oh, jeez. And
1: just the, just a Dartmouth sweater that my mom gave her, and she's she still has it and knows exactly where it is. And I like that just warmed my heart so much. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> you make like a special connection with someone that you never thought you ever have a connection to outside of their work that's that's special right, right there that is special all right Livet, so i like to uh, you know honestly i could talk to you forever i want to get together with you and chris <laughs> after this uh whenever I you're should, ready and comfortable too uh but i like to end in my interviews by asking a couple questions from this packet of 170 hypothetical questions So, I love stuff like this. Yes. So, I'm just going to ask you two. So, this kind of goes back to so you being a cosplayer because a lot of the the characters you cosplay have powers. So, if you could choose one element to control, what element would you choose?
1: Can I ask a a, a follow up question? Yes. A a clear? Okay. Are we talking about like the four elements like Avatar or like the periodic table of elements?
0: Let's go periodic table because there's more options there Ooh, yes
1: okay <laughs> glad i asked all right <clears throat> i would have to go with helium why helium i would go with helium because um first of all to have a monopoly over the world supply of helium would would just be financially a huge power play Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The price of helium is already going up because there's a shortage. I have too many parties. We get too many tanks of helium for the ones. <laughs> I'm the shortage <laughs> cause now. Um, but also because having control over something like helium, which being lighter than air means that I would be able to literally just like manipulate it into making anything fly, which would basically be the same as having the power of flight or like telekinesis. Hmm.
0: That's a good one, actually. And then also, you study physics, so you probably know the periodic table better than I do right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just thinking It'd the whole a time. While. It's been a while since I studied science, but you know, I was just thinking, like, God, I'll only like, hey, that's a great answer because flying around it's gonna be so much cheaper than driving, and then you can make things fly with you. I, I, for for me, when I like, as anybody,
1: f- si- anytime somebody has a party,
0: exactly, exactly, or if you want to. You Know, uh, help someone fill up their bounty castle. There we go. Oh, but if you fill it with healing, <laughs> I fly away. you know what? That's not Ooh, your problem. I could do
1: the up house thing. I could do the up house
0: thing. Oh, I've been told I look like Russ, I think his name is Russ from uh, up.
1: Oh my god, that's so funny! That's a cosplay you should do.
0: Probably, probably. Uh, But I was just thinking of uh, Breaking Bad for some reason, because you know how the intro video it does have like parts of the periodic table. But then I was like, I don't remember what those elements were. So, I'm gonna gonna say, uh, I know, I'm gonna say oxygen, because, uh, you know, I just when I enter a room, I just want to take the air out of people's lungs. (laughs) <laughs> nailed it nailed it so savage. <laughs> ooh I people's is just... away. I said CC's breath away Can't. I have no regret towards that <laughs> <laughs> this one also I think is a little bit up your alley so if you were a 90s cartoon evil villain where would your base be and what would it look like slash have the inside and would you, what would your henchman henchwoman wear as uniform, so this might take a little more elaborate uh thinking, but you said nineties yes, you know, the ridiculous nineties, how they uh somehow the fashion's coming back, which I don't get
1: oh, I love it, I love it, I love all the crushed velvet and all the scrunchies and spaghetti straps and
0: <laughs> great awesome I, I felt like this would this one would speak to you <laughs> this is a great one. Wait, read it one more time, okay, okay so uh if you were a 90s cartoon evil villain 90s
1: evil wear got it yes.
0: where would your base be a what would the inside look like and what would you have on the inside so b so it's like a three part question and then what would your hench person wear his uniform so like henchman henchwoman does matter but uh so uh, where would your base be what would it look like or have on the inside and then what would your hench people wear
1: Are we limited by real world physics and species?
0: No, unlimited, go crazy. Hypothetical world means hypothetical answers. Let's rock and roll.
1: If I'm gonna go like true inaccessible lair, and I'm not limited by the constraints of our universe, I feel like the smart thing to do would use the Hogwarts Room of Requirement (laughs) <laughs> because that's only gonna be the lair for me and nobody else can gonna be able to get in there. And then my hench people should probably be either AI or like Mickey Mouse Fantasia style animated objects. Oh god, that's or like a great beauty and the bee style.
0: That's a great answer. Now let me let me throw in a little bit of a, a little curveball here. <laughs> what was your villain name be? Mm.
1: Poison Ivy's already taken. That was
0: obvious. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm sorry. What
1: would my evil villain
0: name be? I'm gonna let you think while I answer the question as well. So, I have always been a little bit of a fan when it came to like the villains hiding in kind of plain sight. It's kind of fun. I don't know what I was just thinking about this, like that. I love his National Treasure or something else. But like, what if I had a lair in like Mount Rushmore? That'd be kind of fun. Ooh, that's cool in plain sight and then uh inside will just be you know i don't know if it won't be like a a giant chart of my the villain or the superheroes i'm trying to get again this kind of works for me because you can't really see but i have like comic book posters kind of sprinkled around the room but so it's like what if i just have like a little like a, a dart giant dart board of like villains i want of uh heroes i want to go after today it's like let's go that one let's go that one let's go that one uh, hench people will look like uh, Prince, so giant purple ga- outfits. I like it? Little, yes. Uh, there you go.
1: Amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think my evil villain name would be. Um, oh, I want to say s- for some reason again. I'm thinking like '90s rap. i was thinking something along as of Sir Mix a Lot, but with villainous connotation so sir sir villain a lot again these answers will change uh maybe 10 minutes <laughs> later but at the t- at this moment i like the track you're
1: on for sure i Thank like you. the mix a lot idea <laughs> i feel like all right i feel like my villain name <clears throat> did you watch into the spider verse yeah okay you know how doc ock is a woman in that one
0: yes yes
1: so her name is Olivia Octavius. Mine's Olivia Aunt Keen. So I feel like I need to do like a Doc Aunt or something and like, like spin off of that because she's got the like mad scientist thing going on too. And I feel like that's just, if I'm going to be a, a villain, I'm going to be a mad scientist villain because so is Poison Ivy and that's just, that's
0: my spirit animal. <laughs> that's, that is perfect. Oh, that was great. Or like Olivia, Doc
1: Olive. There. Doc
0: Olive. And then you'll just throw olives at people. <laughs> <laughs> you get a black, you get a green, you get nothing because I don't like you the most. <laughs>
1: Only Calamata for you.
0: <laughs> Olivia, where interested. can the people find you on social media and where can they find your work as a cosplay artist?
1: Uh, I am on social media. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. But that's pretty much it. I mean, I use Reddit, but that's more for consumption than contribution to content. <laughs> Um, but I am so like my my stuff is Olivia on keen arts on Instagram and that's where I post my dance related stuff my like personal hobby crafting things Um, then Luna Bee collections is all my Etsy stuff and that just shows you know what I'm working on right now custom orders people have done just you know sometimes random pet tax photos um and then volusia cosplay is my cosplay handle both on instagram and tiktok um, and that's just like a made-up name that would kind of came born out of a hybrid of other things too i just needed something i needed something that was like an alter ego for my cosplay stuff because it's just so much easier to like categorize <laughs> things that way
0: that's true if you just put like olivia 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 for like all three some of uh... It's just going to be, like, too confusing.
1: Oh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, gosh, yeah. It's like you need some individuality, some separatism, and just be like, you know.
1: I get why celebrities do it, you know? Yeah. Keep your bank accounts and stuff separate from your hobbies.
0: Yeah. Do you think Derek Hough's name is actually Derek Hough?
1: I do, only because his sister also has the same last name. Damn it.
0: Damn it. I had a good prayer thought going, but I lost it.
1: That doesn't mean that they didn't agree on it, though. Hmm because they they i mean they've been uh, since yeah. the beginning so maybe they were like let's do the stage name together maintain our popularity i think it was their real name though i could be wrong i don't know now i'm gonna have to find out now i have to find out i can't live with unanswered questions
0: exactly exactly that's <laughs> what uh, this is what the show is for really ask questions about your mental thinking and also leave you with questions to think about celebrities and also is this guy really named derek Thank you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode. If you like what you heard or watch and would like more episodes from Keone Chats, the show can be found on all podcast platforms and YouTube under Keone Chats. If you want to keep in the loop on other creative content releases, you can follow KC Media on Instagram and Twitter under KC Media 13. And then on Facebook, it'll be under Konlu K Media. So if you'd like to be a guest, email me at KC Media 13 at yahoo.com tell me your story. I'd love to get you on the show. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.